Hey, you guys. Happy Monday. A lot of times we dread Monday because we have to go into work after that two-day weekend that we have. Or if you're like me back in the day, I had to work weekends and then maybe have Monday off or maybe had to work all through the weekend and even Monday and have a Tuesday, Wednesday off or Tuesday, Thursday, whatever have you. A lot of people do. We do not like Mondays. OK, Monday is just like the start of the week for the work week period where those who were off the weekend are coming back, greeting us. And we've been working through the weekend and Monday. You know how that goes. But anyways, so happy Monday. I want Mondays to be a time where we actually get to reflect and we actually have a jump start into um, just success for that week. We can make that day designated time to kind of like okay cool i'm amped up it's the beginning of the week not like oh my gosh it's monday you know how that goes (laughs) so what i've decided to do is call mondays our mind your money mondays a lot of times mind your money isn't just about budgeting and everything it's basically minding your money to set up for the future and if you're really paying attention to the climate yes there's some places in the united states that are actually hiring And you are able to land a job quickly. Dallas, Texas is one of those places. But a lot of times, if we're not, you know, really mindful of the climate, we're really realizing, we should be realizing that being an entrepreneur is the best route. But you just need that blueprint as to what it is that you need to do, excuse me, what it is that you need to do in order to become a successful entrepreneur. So I thought Mind Your Money uh, Mondays would be a good thing, you know, to kind of just implement here on my platform just to kind of get you in gear to wanting to start your own business and if not starting your own business then just finding a niche something that you can do on the side to mind your money but anyways so mind your money monday you guys so the book of the month that i actually want to kind of encourage you to get if you have not you may have heard it a lot but that is the richest man in babylon be sure to pick up the original edition and that is by george s classen Okay, now this book is fundamental. It is a blueprint to minding your money, period. Okay, think and grow rich is also one as well. I've actually um, read that, but I'm kind of revisiting books. So I've picked up The Richest Man in Babylon a while ago. I've been having it here in, you know, my personal library, but never really read it. Um, I read through it and there's a difference between reading and reading through. And I feel like this book is something that I really need to study in order to mind my money. So The Richest Man in Babylon is not just about a man who's rich in Babylon. (laughs) I mean, it is, but he actually provides you with keys as to how you can gain financial success you know and it's not one of those books that's like oh yes you're gonna be a millionaire you're gonna be a millionaire it's all about work and dedication okay you know rest in peace nipsey but hard work dedication you know it's all about that that is the key to actually gaining personal success success and in order to be successful you have to be financially stable a lot of people don't really realize that you know you do money does play a big time in personal success but whatever have you i'm gonna go ahead and just kind of shed some key points that i actually highlighted in the book so far so one of the things 
that is actually not down in the fore, but just to kind of give you some bullet points to understand what this book is about to see if this is something that you think you should pick up. I'm telling you, you should, but you know, I'll let you decide that for yourself. But one of the things that it says, um, the book says is to bring your ambitions and desires to fulfillment. You must be successful with money, period. Okay. Money is the medium by which earthly success is measured. Money makes possible the enjoyment of the best the earth affords. Money is plentiful for those who understand the simple laws which govern its acquisition. Money is governed today by the same laws which controlled it when prosperous men thronged the streets of Babylon 6,000 years ago. So um, just seven keys is what I kind of call it. I'm trying not to be like DJ Khaled, you guys, but it's seven major keys in this book. Um, the first one is start thy purse to fattening. So basically get your purse to fatten. So how can you acquire wealth? Okay. Monetary wealth Two, control thy expenditures. That's self-explanatory control thy expenditures. So be mindful of what you spend your money on. I'm not going to lie Chipotle. Oh my gosh, you guys, it's so embarrassing. If you would have looked at my Wells Fargo bank statement, you would have seen Chipotle. I ate a lot of blaze pizza. You would have seen Jason's deli. Um, Chipotle again. It was ridiculous. So I wasn't controlling my expenditures instead of just once a month or even once every two weeks or once a week going to the grocery store and spending $50 for meals that will actually carry me throughout that week or even two weeks for $50, I guess, because actually $50 a week would have actually been breakfast, lunch and dinner for me individually like purchases. But anyways, as I digress, you know, I wasn't controlling my expenditures. I wasn't being business savvy, savvy with my money. I shouldn't say business savvy. I wasn't savvy with my money. So just be sure that you control your expenditures. Look at what you're constantly purchasing. My downfall is money uh, with money. Excuse me. It's food and entertainment. So guess what? I'm all about home snacks and Netflix, Hulu, or actually there's a way that you don't even have to do Netflix and Hulu, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> Three, make thy gold multiply. Basically, how can you make your money make money? Simple as that. Making money takes you spending money to make more money. But the thing about it is a lot of people are scared of making money to spend money. So if that makes sense, they're afraid to spend the money in order to acquire more money. So you need to find a way that your money that you have, you're able to go ahead and flip almost. And it's so funny because I always talked about flipping money. And um, if you're a woman, you don't even have to be a woman, but, you know, men too, you should actually follow her is the Glam University on Instagram, Sabrina Peterson. She has a book called The Flip. And that book literally helps you realize, okay, if I take $50 and I flip it to 100, flip that 100 to 200. So it's almost like that all money in, what Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace, talks about how you put all your money in. Let that money that you put in a business adventure continue to multiply to make more money and don't touch it. A lot of people, you know, get excited because their business venture may get them money and so the profit that they make they pocket and spend and then keep that same sum keep all your money in the pot whatever your business acquires makes keep that for your business don't touch it do not touch it at all unless it's stuff to further your business okay 
then we have four guard thy treasures from loss so again be mindful with your money but also you need to set up your money into an account which like maybe a cd or a high yield account where you don't touch in order to gain interest on that money and nothing happens to that money and it's protected okay make of thy dwelling a profitable investment so always look into stocks bonds all that you guys there's a lot of stocks you know you have platforms such as acorns you have stash you have robin hood you have all these different things uh, at the palm of your hand in a iphone or android app in order you know to acquire more money and, and be able to invest so and learn about your investments don't just say oh i'm gonna go invest in some bitcoin Understand why you're investing in Bitcoin, why you want to invest in Bitcoin, because a lot of times, you know, you have to be mindful of those things, if that makes sense, because cryptocurrency isn't for everybody, especially if you don't know which one to purchase. OK. Ensure a future income. So, again, be sure that you're saving, you know, and one of the things that I would actually say is open up a savings account with um Marcus Goldman, you know, that's one of the things I actually tell a lot of my friends to do. Go ahead and get you a, an account. And every month, even if it's $10, $5, a dollar here, they actually have a very high um, interest rate. So just look into that, you know, just make sure you're setting yourself up for the future, you guys. So that's your CDs, your high yield accounts, your 401ks, your retirement, all that. You need to be mindful of that. And seven, increase thy ability to earn. So you need to create multiple streams of income, period, like period. So another thing I wanted to shed light on in the book, and then we're just going to get into mining your money here Monday. Our prosperity as a nation depends upon the personal financial prosperity of each of us as individuals. That is so amazing because when you really look at the state of the United States, we have a very high homeless um, pop uh, population, and I'm gonna say popularity population. And imagine if we actually set up those. You know, a lot of times people just look at people who are homeless and don't really understand why they're homeless. There's a story to it. It's not that they're just lazy and they're bums. Okay, it's never like that. You should never make that assumption. But just imagine if everybody was financially stable and was wealthy, what this nation would be able to do. But see, we have this oppression that not everybody deserves to be wealthy. And I can honestly understand that because there's people who gain wealth and want to splurge on materialistic things. They don't want to help their country. They don't want to help their communities. None of that, you know, and. I'm not trying to keep referencing, you know, the late great Nipsey Hussle, but I mean, what he really did with his wealth that he acquired, can you imagine the impact that he had in his community? And if we would have, you know, taken that as a lesson and we acquire wealth, what we would be able to do for our communities, for our nation, that would just be outstanding, you know, but we don't think that way and if you look at other like countries you know I can speak on foreigners because you know I, I'm a first generation American <laughs> you know when you look at foreigners a lot of times overseas and stuff once they acquire you know in third world countries when they acquire wealth they splurge money on you know they're splurging money they splurge on I can't even speak 
on materialistic things like property that depreciates. I wouldn't spend my money on a Lamborghini unless I'm going to rent that Lamborghini out and make a business out of it. You know, people don't think that way, though. Or why don't I buy property and set up apartment complexes because I will constantly make money renting those properties out, you know, because it's an apartment complex or even a home and rent it out. People don't think like that. They just think about personal gain. They think about personal materialistic objects. I want the Lamborghini. I want the Ferrari. I want the big home that has 10 bedrooms and I'm the only one living in it, you know? Unless you're going to turn that out into an Airbnb or rent it out to these shows that do reality shows and everything. That would be a business plus. But people just do it for themselves. So, whatever. And then also, success means accomplishments as a result of our own efforts and abilities. Proper preparation is the key to our success. Our acts can be no wiser than our thoughts. Our thinking can be no wiser than our understanding. So that indeed is its purpose. To offer those who are ambitious for financial success an insight which will aid them to acquire money, to keep money, and to make their surplus, excuse me, earn more money. So I really do love this book because it's very insightful and I really think you should really pick it up and really study it. Don't just read through it. Really just take a personal evaluation and just look and read each page and say, am I doing this? What can I do differently that I am following this blueprint? It's a really good book. But anyway, so be sure to pick that up. So going on, going on, moving forward, you guys, um, I'm really trying to get back into the swing of doing a podcast. So kudos to me. I released my Mother's Day special episode and this here is Mantra Money Monday and that is what I am doing. So everything that we're going to talk about on Mondays is going to be about success, being an entrepreneur. So I really believe that each day that you wake up, if you're a woman, have, you know, a notepad in your purse. If you're a man, you can always use your cell phone or if you have a man bag, whatever have you, you know, have a notebook as well. Be able to jot down any plans, any ideas that you have. There's been times that I've been out in public and something will, you know, come to mind and I don't jot it down. But, you know, again, we always have our cell phones. We have voice memos apps, a voice memo app on your phone. Also, you have the note, little notepad as well. So be sure to always jot down ideas, you guys, because I promise there's been times where I will come home and be like, oh, my gosh, what did I think about doing? And I can never remember it. And it would drive me crazy. <laughs> So anyway, so let's move into it, you guys. So I wanted to kind of talk about input versus output. So I actually provided an example of input, and that was me referencing a book, The Richest Man in Babylon. Okay, so right now I'm reading it. I'm also, I've also read Think and Grow Rich. I've read Robert Greene's 40, The 48 Laws of Power. I've read his book that he did in collaboration with 50 Cent, you know, The 50th Law. And all this input is great, you guys, but in my life, when I'm evaluating, like, yes, I've done startups and everything, and I've helped 
friends start up companies and I'm excited. So I've noticed that that is my niche. That is what I'm good at. So I've actually gained certification, uh, you know, w with being able to start businesses. So I've taken classes and received certifications through Santa Clara University regarding entrepreneurship. Okay, cool. I gained my input. But what is my output? Luckily, I've been able to assist loved ones with being able to start their own companies. And I realize that is my gifting. I have that entrepreneurial, um, entrepreneurial mindset. And I can help those with business plans and kickstarting a business. So what am I doing as far as after I've gained input, what am I doing with that input? What am, how, how am I outputting that input? How am I taking all that knowledge that I've acquired and put it back out there into the universe? And I hate to say the universe, out into the world, out to help other people. What have I possibly done? And when you think like that, that will actually assist you in being able to acquire success because you can't constantly just work on input. You can't always read books. You can't always attain degrees. You can't always go to seminars and conferences you can't always listen to podcasts. You can't always watch YouTube videos. You can't always sit and be mentored under someone. You have to then be able to get up and say, okay, it's time to put all this input into a plan of action in order to then make it into output, if that makes sense. So my thing is, I like to think of, okay, let me go ahead and let me take the input and let me assist someone. Let me help somebody with the information that I actually obtained. I learned something. So let me go ahead and teach it to somebody else. It's almost like a pay it forward model. So here I am. I have obtained this information. I have obtained this knowledge. I've actually learned something. So let me go ahead and pay it forward by teaching somebody who may be ignorant. I don't like to say ignorant, but you know, may not know this information. And that is how I am able to then work on my output. We sit at the chalkboard so much, you know, a whiteboard, and we write down all these ideas that we want to do, and then we just drop the dry erase marker and walk away, not taking those ideas that we jotted down on the whiteboard and actually worked on them. What good is it to say, oh, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this, I want to do that, if we're not actually working to make it happen can you imagine if 
Thomas Edison would have done that. Nikola Tesla would have done that. Imagine if these people who were great inventors would have just stayed at the chalkboard. That's what we do to ourselves. And a lot of times with the ideas that we've come up with, we've noticed that later in the years, somebody's actually had, I hate to say it, the balls <laughs> to do it. You can't sit at that whiteboard, that chalkboard. You can't stay there. You actually have to have that fire inside of you to make it happen. And nobody can make it happen for you but you. Just like me in this podcast, I've been sitting here, you know, I've always had an app downloaded on my phone. I've always watched other podcasters. I've always heard other people speaking, but because I don't have the equipment, you know, I'm gaining all this information, you know, and I see that all the equipment that they've listed that they have, I don't have, but I'm writing it down. They got this, they've got the microphone, they've got this, they got this, they got this, they got the new laptop, they've got this, they got this, and I don't have that. And I'm sitting at the whiteboard because these are the list of things that I need. And what I don't do is look at the personal inventory of the things that I've already had. And I wait and think that, okay, I have to wait till I acquire the things that I don't have in order to work, in order to make this podcast happen. Instead of saying, you know what, look at your inventory. What, what do you have to work with in order to do this? Why don't you just grow on the way and let your listeners hear your growth. Can you imagine if we waited until we've actually acquired all the things that we needed in order to start? It's better to learn on the way as you're doing it than sitting at that whiteboard and waiting until you obtain everything because then it might be too late. And you guys, technology is ever changing. So if I would have sat here and waited, podcasting may have changed and here I am, I, I haven't even learned the, the, the basics of podcasting and now there's a new platform there's a new this there's a new way of doing it and I'm still here at the root of it I don't even know how to begin what is podcasting how can I podcast and I'm just now here and everybody's over there and you know we do it to ourselves I'm hoping I'm making sense there's a time that we just have to stop constantly input 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 and finally work on the output and being an entrepreneur yes you have to work on your input but it's really important to be all about output especially being an entrepreneur and there's always that pressure of needing to get things done having to get things done as an entrepreneur versus you working for somebody. You can't sit up here and be overwhelmed with what needs to be done and you wanna be an entrepreneur. It doesn't work that way. You have to be fearless in order to be an entrepreneur. You have to be a risk taker in order to be an entrepreneur. And I'm sorry, if that is not you, then being an entrepreneur is not for you. But you can learn to be that way. It's all about output. And a lot of times you have to hype yourself up. Make yourself seem bigger than what you are. 
because I could sit here and say, I want to be a podcaster and keep saying I want to be a podcaster. But because, again, I didn't have the equipment that I felt that I needed in order to um, start my podcast, I just, again, would have just been looking at everybody else, watching other podcasters, learning from them and not working on my output. It's almost like a learn as you go. And it should be learn as you grow. It isn't necessarily learn as you go. It is learn as you grow. Because as you grow, you're constantly learning from your mistakes. And you should also look at other people and say, okay, you know what? They do it this way, but I think you should do it this way. And make it your own. Don't copy off of somebody else's blueprint. And a lot of times it's not authentic. Just like perfect example, people want to start YouTubes, people want to start podcasts, people want to do all these things because they see other people making money. It doesn't work that way. It has to be a passion of yours. I love teaching. At my prior, you know, at my previous um, place of employment, I was a corporate trainer. I trained our agents on our software. And every time software changed, I had to create, you know, a new manual, which then made me a technical writer. I didn't go to school for that, but I learned how to make it happen. I winged it and I did a great job. People love my work ethic. People love the way I taught. They actually gained, you know, the knowledge needed in order to complete their task at work each day and felt comfortable enough to come to me if they had any questions. With that being said, I constantly had to learn myself in order to grow as a trainer because I can't just be monotone and teach somebody, this is what you do, this is what you do, this is what you do. I had to make it my own. So I would watch the other trainers in the company and I would say, okay, this one's kind of boring. This one's too textbooky. This one does all the teaching. This one isn't engaging. And what I did was I picked apart all the things that I didn't like about each trainer. And then I became that trainer that did all of the right things. To the point where I'm sorry to say, but, you know, there was talk where we want to hire to teach this class. We want to hire to do it. We want to hire to do it. And it was a joy to be able to do that. So you have to work hard. And if I felt that I, because I never was a trainer, I never was a technical writer, if I didn't work on that input, I would have had the key components in order to execute. I hope I'm making sense. <laughs> That's another thing about having an entrepreneurial mindset. Sometimes your mind works in a way that you're just fearful that people don't really understand. But I'm, I'm getting what I'm saying and I'm hoping you get it. We can't just stay at the chalkboard. We have to move into action. We have to execute and we can't allow fear and what people think of us keep us and hinder us from being able to execute. Don't let anybody keep you from the output period. It has to be a passion of yours. I love teaching. And just because I saw other people becoming trainers, that's not why I wanted to do it. It was a passion of mine. 
And I felt like, you know what? I love teaching people something that they didn't know. I like to provide knowledge. Let me move from being a supervisor to becoming a corporate trainer here in our company. And I did that. I didn't let what people thought keep me from pursuing that position in the company at all. And it was a passion because when you're a trainer, the only thing that you can become is then a training manager. You can't branch out any other place in the company. Granted, we're not going to go there, but hear me out. So I, I gave up being a supervisor to becoming a trainer. A supervisor was going to allow me to climb up in the company. But I said, no, my passion is to teach. And though that may keep me from climbing up, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. No, I'm no longer at that company. But I thank them because they gave me the input that I now obtain the knowledge in order to then work on the output. And now I can go to other companies and say, hey, I can train. I learned how to be a trainer. I've learned how to be adequate in training, obtaining the knowledge needed in order to then transfer that knowledge in order for other people to gain that knowledge, in order to execute each day they clock in to work at your company. But that was a passion of mine. I started YouTube back in 2007, you guys, when blogging wasn't even a thing, and I started blogging before there were any vloggers. I'm not saying, oh, I started this. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, YouTube was a passion back then for me, but I didn't stick to it. That's another topic that we'll talk on another Mind Your Money Monday. But I loved it because it was fun. I didn't think about it as a monetary means of monetary gain. I didn't think about how I can make this vlog into accumulating wealth. And so now that was even before you could become you know, a partner with YouTube. And so now, if I would have stick to it, I would have been. But now you're able to monetize your videos. Now, you have people like Andrea's Choice, okay? Shouting her out. I used to watch her when I also was putting out videos, when she first came out, okay? When she had that, oh, you're a hater video, okay? She hadn't even really been starting. She started her hair growth journey, very beginning. And to see what her platform has grown into, people looked at that and realized, oh my gosh, she's getting partnerships now. She's getting sponsorships and she's monetizing her video. She's making money. And people are looking at her saying, I can do this too. I can make money off of you too. It's not a passion. So how can you then obtain wealth from something that you don't even want to do? You also have to take that into consideration. So ensure the time that you're putting into your input, 
gaining this information is on something that you actually want to output. So with that being said, that was our first episode for Mind Your Money Monday. Again, be sure that you pick up The Richest Man in Babylon by George S. Clayson. Classen, excuse me. Okay. And just understand that you're able to become an entrepreneur, but it also has to be your passion. It's not because you're seeing other people opening businesses and everything. It's not about that. You have to ensure that you have that fire, that desire to want to become an entrepreneur. Not because you're seeing everybody else doing it and you're thinking, hmm, this can be a way of me making money. It might not be. Just like somebody's gifting is being a janitor. That's something that they like, you know. They may be the janitor. But then there might be somebody who's a janitor and says, you know what? I can open my own janitor company, janitorial company. So you have to ensure that you know your gifting, you know your calling. That way, you're not wasting time on your input, and that way you're able to then work on your output. Again, this is Simply Zahar. Thank you for um, tuning in. Remember, if you have any questions, comments, or any topics that you would like me to cover, you can email that to simplyzahar, S-I-M-P-L-Y-Z, as in Zachary, H-A-R-A, at gmail.com. And for any business inquiries that would be simply zahar at outlook.com thank you so much you guys love you bye